Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hey there, welcome to the program. Come on in, make yourself at home. My name is Gary Zimak. And I'll tell you what, I plan to be here for the next 30 minutes. I certainly hope you're going to be able to join me and stick around as we look this week at the Mass readings for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. And if you've been a listener of this program any time over the past several weeks, you know that the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time means we are just about at the end of the church year. You know, every year, I, every uh, every week I've been talking about it, saying, I don't know where the time has gone. We only have 10 more weeks until the end of the, the, church, the church year. Actually, I think I've been saying it for longer than that. But here we are. Next Sunday is the Solemnity of Christ the King. The following Sunday after that, Advent, the first week of Advent, which begins a new church year. So we are two weeks away from the end of one church year and heading into the other one. And what you're going to see this week, I call this show Producing Good Fruit. This is a reminder. You're going to hear a lot of reminders in the upcoming um, in the upcoming weeks, especially if you go to daily mass, you'll hear a lot of stay awake, get ready messages. And actually, you're going to hear that also for the first Sunday of Advent. Why is that? It's because the church wants to make sure that we're aware that there's a limited time we have on earth. Now, listen, this is not bad news. Don't, don't anybody panic. This is not bad news. There's a limited time we have on this earth, and the Lord expects us to produce some good fruit, to do some good deeds, to do good work, to love God and love other people. And that's what these reminders are all about. Like, don't waste today. Go out and do something good today. So that's what we're going to talk about. And listen, I think this is absolutely good news. What would be bad news if this was the case and Jesus didn't warn us? But he's reminding us, like, we've got to do something. And you know what? Somebody like me, I need that motivation. I need that motivation because I can tend to get a little drowsy, lukewarm, well, I don't feel like it today. You know, that kind of a, a mentality, I get like that. That's my tendency. So I have to hear this, and I have to be inspired by words like this. We're going to hear that in the readings from today's Daily Mass. So I hope you're able to settle in. I hope you, you really can stay with me for the remainder of the show, because it does mean a lot to have you here. So why don't we do this? 
Why don't we begin as we normally do on this program by turning to our Heavenly Father in prayer. I'm going to present some needs for us. I'm also going to ask him to inspire and direct my thoughts and my words for the remainder of this program and also to open our hearts and our minds so that we can hear what it is our Father has to say to us through these uh, these these uh, biblical readings. So if you're ready, let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father in heaven, it's always a great pleasure to be able to have this conversation with you. Father, because you are invisible, because you're pure spirit, sometimes we have trouble seeing you. I mean, we certainly can't see you, but remembering, I should say, that you are with us at all times. It can be difficult to remember your presence. That's why we have to explicitly do this sometimes to help us remember that you are with us. And that little reminder helps us to recall that even though we can't see you, you are present with us and you can hear us and you can see us. So Father, as we turn to you today at the start of this program, we ask you to accept all of our needs. Please help those who've asked for our prayers. We pray for peace in our country, in our world. We pray for those souls who don't know you, who might be in jeopardy of not being saved and reaching heaven one day. We pray that you can intervene and get their attention while there's still time. Father, we pray for healing for those who are sick. We pray for our church. We pray for an increase in vocations. We pray for all those who are struggling financially, those who might be living in some pretty serious poverty. We pray, Father, that through your church, more people can come to know you by listening to the words of Jesus and experiencing the sacraments. And Father, I pray that you'll send your Holy Spirit to rest upon me today as I attempt to deliver your message Please guide my thoughts and my words for the remainder of this program. Please let me know what I'm supposed to say. Please speak through me. And finally, Father, please open all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear your message and be receptive to putting it into practice in the hopes that our lives will bear good fruit. Father, we ask this as we always do in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as always, thank you for praying with me. If you're just tuning in, I'm Gary Zimak, and I'm going to be here with you for the next, uh, I guess, about 25 minutes we have left in the program. As this week, we look at the Mass readings for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. I mentioned at the start of the show, next week is the Solemnity of Christ the King. That's a big one. It's a solemnity. It's going to be a special day. We'll have special readings. And then the following Sunday, so really two weeks from this point in time, two weeks from this weekend, we begin Advent. We close out one church year. We begin a new church year with the season of Advent. So got lots of good things coming up. Then, you know, then we we go back into ordinary time. We go through the Christmas season, go into ordinary time for a few weeks, and then guess what? Then we're in Lent. That's the beautiful thing about the the church year. It just continues. It continues. We end one year, we begin another one. So um, it's a reminder that the church is always, the church is ongoing, the church is dynamic, the church 
continually gives us these opportunities to draw to draw closer to God. And that's what that's what I'm hoping I'm able to do on this show. That's why I do this program. That's why my ministry exists. I want to lead people to the Lord and to let them know and let you know since you're listening that there is always hope and with God all things are possible. I think that's the main reason why we begin to panic, why we begin to become overwhelmed. We think, I'm not going to get through this. I can't do this. There's no way. Well, with God, all things are possible. And that's the message. That's it. I have to take a quick break while I take a sip of my water with lemon. I say that because if I didn't say that, you'd probably wonder why I'm silent for a minute, but I I felt a little bit of a cough coming on, and I had to take a, a sip of the water. Before we start the show, before we look at the readings, I should say, I want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com, if you'd like to find out more about my work, including maybe picking up a copy of my latest book, When Your Days Are Dark, God Is Still Good. In addition, you can sign up for my daily email reflection free of charge, or you can find out how to bring bring me to speak at your parish. Still have some openings for Lent of 2024. Um, it's, it's going to be tough, but I can squeeze a few talks in if you need uh, to contact me. I also have an opening for a, a Lenten parish mission that I think we can make work. So if you're interested to bring a give up worry for Lent parish mission or a talk to your parish for 2024, please visit followingthetruth.com and contact me through the website. We'll make that happen. Okay, let's look at these readings now. And if you are at all familiar with the show, you know that I always begin with the gospel because the gospel really does lead the way. The gospel is used to direct all of, basically all of the Sunday Mass readings. The church uses the gospel and we we proceed during ordinary time, sequentially through the gospel and the other readings, with the exception of the second reading, are chosen to support the gospel. Now, next week, because it is a special day, it's a solemnity, we're going to get all hand-picked readings. These are not, the gospel is just not going to keep going in an order. Uh, for special days such as the Solemnity of Christ the King, we're going to get special readings. But right now, All the Gospels are special, right? So we are going to continue on. I'll read the Gospel first, and then I will use the other readings to support the message in the Gospel. Here we go. This is, uh, Gospel comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And this Gospel is a little bit longer than the ones we've done lately. Not too long, but a little bit longer. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Now, just so you know, a talent is a sum of money. So he is giving a sum of money to each of his servants before he goes on his journey. Then the man went away, immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them, and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. What we see here are two men who received different amounts of money. Every one of these servants got a different amount of money, according to his ability. In other words, some 
the master decided would get a larger sum of money. But two out of the three we see here took what was given to them, traded with them, and used what was given to them to, to make more, except for that third servant who dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. All right, that's where the story stands right now. And Jesus continues telling this parable. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. So each one of these individuals is being rewarded for taking the talents or the sum of money that their master had given them, trading with them, and earning more. And they're rewarded with the words, since you were responsible, servant, by using my gifts to you, my talents, my the, the money that I'm giving to you, using it wisely, you're going to get greater responsibility in the future. In other words, guys, you passed the test, the master said. I could trust you with these, these sums of money. In the future, I'm going to reward you by giving you even greater responsibility. So it's a good thing. Job well done. So now we get to the final servant, the one who buried his talent in the ground. Let's see. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant or gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. No problem, right? I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, you know this story, but just imagine you didn't know this story. The, the servant didn't lose anything. He was afraid. He was afraid that somehow he would lose money. He would lose that one sum, uh, that one talent that was given to him by his master because he knew the master was a hard man. He was difficult. So he hid that, that sum of money, that one single talent in the ground, and now he gave it back to him. His master said to him in reply, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather what I, where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Oh boy, how inspiring, right? Good news. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? But that's exactly why Jesus tells this story as he does. He wants to get the attention of his listeners. And he uses language that is very attention-grabbing, isn't it? Do you see what's happening here? 
You see the message? When we look back at the beginning of this this parable or this story that Jesus tells, we're told that the man going on a journey calls his servants in and entrusts them with gifts, which happen to be a sum of money. And then he goes away. And he doesn't come back for a long time. And when he comes back, he rewards those who took what they were given and made something with it. Who went out and took what they give, get what they were given and multiplied it. And the one who was so afraid that he didn't do anything and who just handed the gift back to his master. He didn't fare too well, did he? He was reprimanded. And the one talent that was given to him was then given to one of the other servants who had more than than that one. The message, we are all expected to use our God-given gifts, whatever they may be, and put them to use for the good of the kingdom. Because one day, we're going to be judged, either when we die or when our Lord comes again in glory, whichever comes first. And we don't know when that's going to be. It could be a long time. It could be today. We don't know. And that's the message. That's the stay awake, get ready message that you're going to be hearing over the next several weeks. And what we see in this story, and I'm not going to tell you this is a really easy story to take. I mean, it's upsetting, isn't it? It's upsetting at first, but if you really think it through, it should motivate us. I know it motivates me. It's a reminder that each one of us has been given some talent, something. Maybe you're a good prayer. Maybe you're good at working with young people, with older people. Maybe you're a good writer, good speaker. Maybe you're crafty. Maybe you're good at hospitality. Maybe you're a good listener. You know, there could be you could be any number of different things. You could have been given any number of different gifts. Some of them we have to look for. Sometimes we're not really sure what our gifts are. But we all have been given something. Even if we can't get out of the house, we would we're able to either pray or offer up our suffering. Maybe we're sick. Offer up our suffering, unite it with the suffering of Jesus, give it to him, let him use it for good. There is something we can do. And if we do nothing, as to be honest with you, I did for so many years, I'd like to think I've improved on that. I'm trying, but for years I was really lukewarm, didn't use any of my, at least, I used very few of my God-given gifts to try to advance God's kingdom. We're going to be judged based on what we did. This life is a test. We forget that sometimes. And one day, there's going to be time to be judged. The master's going to return. And in no way is Jesus trying to compare God to this this difficult slave driver of a master. He does it to get the attention, again, of his listeners. God's merciful, but he's also just. So therefore, we're going to have to give an account one day of how we used what we have been given. 
And it's just a good reminder to not get complacent, even out of fear. God expects us to use the gifts that we have been given. The first reading uh, is from Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 10. When one finds a worthy wife, her value is far beyond pearls. Her husband, entrusting his heart to her, has an unfailing prize. She brings him good and not evil all the days of her life. She obtains wool and flax and works with loving hands. She puts her hands to the distaff and her fingers ply the spindle. She reaches out her hands to the poor. Now, you see this? This is an example of using the talents that God has given us to do good. She reaches out her hands to the poor and extends her arms to the needy. Charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a reward. You catch that? Give her a reward for her labors and let her her works praise her at the city gates. When you and I experience our judgment day, you know, when, when we are, when that decision is about to be made, whether we are going into heaven or not, our works are going to be very important. Not that we can work our way into heaven. The only way we can get into heaven is through the grace won for us by Jesus Christ on the cross. However, we're expected to use that grace, kind of like the talents that were given to the servants, to use that grace, to cooperate with it, and to do good with the grace that the Lord has given us. And that's what's called merit. The church calls that merit. And that merit is what allows us to go into heaven. Again, we are not working our way into heaven. We can't do it by good works alone. We do it by cooperating with the grace that the Lord gives us, which results in good works of some kind. So that's an example that we see in the first reading. Now let's look at the psalm, the responsorial psalm. Psalm 128, blessed are those who fear the Lord. Blessed are you who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. For shall, Listen, for you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. The fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine, a vine that produces good fruit. Um, in the recesses of your home, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. And again, we see that theme of good fruit being produced. And that's what's expected of us. And that ultimate reward, remember when the master comes back and said, well done, good and faithful servant, that reward for us is heaven, which is the ultimate reward, eternal happiness with God forever. Let's look at the second reading now, 1 Thessalonians, St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, verse five, uh, sorry, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, concerning times and season. Times and season, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief at night. Boy, this is this is really tying into these, these end of the church year readings. The reminder that we don't know when that master is coming back. The master in the parable, we don't know when Jesus will be judging us, either at the end of our lives. We don't know when that's going to be, and we don't know when he's going to come again in glory. 
For you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief at night. When people are saying peace and security, then sudden disaster comes upon them, like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness. This is so good. Listen to this. You are not in darkness for that day to overtake you like a thief. For all of you are children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. Boy, isn't that brilliant? That ties in so nicely to the theme. It's kind of like what I was saying at the beginning of the show. This is not bad news. By Jesus telling us, you are expected to produce fruit. I will help you. I will give you the gifts which will allow you to produce good fruit. I'm going to give you the talents, the gifts. Now I want you to use them to do good. And I'm coming back one day. And we're going to talk about this, right? That's the message. We know this. That's the good news. If he didn't tell us and then one day came back and said, surprise, show me your good fruit. That would be mean because we wouldn't know about it. But Jesus is saying, stay awake, be ready. I'm coming back. Don't waste today. Work for the kingdom. When we know it, getting that insider information is a good thing. That is absolutely good news. Because the fact that we're going to be judged one day is not going to be a surprise. It's not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. Because we hear it through these readings over and over and over again. And the church reminds us, it's coming to an end. Your life on earth will not last forever. That's why these readings are so appropriate at the end of the church year. And we're in the fall right now, heading toward winter. At least where I live in the east, the trees are beginning, the leaves on the trees are beginning to die. It's getting colder, more darkness. It's a reminder this life will come to an end. Now, that could be good or bad. If you're struggling, that's good news. You think, oh, finally, my struggling, my suffering will come to an end. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you think you have it pretty good. You're pretty comfortable. Death can be scary. And that's why we hear so many messages like this with Jesus saying, I've prepared a place for you. There's going to be a reward for you. It's going to be good. You'll see your loved ones again. And that's to help us to not fear death, to trust Him, because He's going to be waiting for us and helping us to cross over into heaven when we die. So, readings like this help us to remember that we don't want to waste time. We don't want to procrastinate. We don't know when it's going to be our time. So, let's be ready every day. And if we do that, We will have nothing to worry about when our judgment comes. And that's the good news. Hey, I want to thank you for tuning in today. It's always great that uh, that we could spend some time together. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, I do pray for you every day. And I would ask you to please keep me in your prayers as well. I I definitely need them and I appreciate them. I, I want to thank you for all that you do to help me 
in my full-time ministry, your, your words of support, your prayers, your listening to the program, your financial contributions, you're, you're really helping me, and I'm very grateful for that. I, I want you to know that I absolutely do not take you for granted. I love doing these shows. Above all, I love being able to have this conversation with you about Scripture, about these important topics. I don't know anything more important that we could talk about than the good news of Jesus Christ, as we do each week on the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at gary at followingthetruth.com, or you can contact me directly directly at the website followingthetruth.com. And remember that we are expected to produce good fruit. So I think today is that day. Find a way today to work for the kingdom in some way. Oftentimes that could just be by being kind to those around you. It's one way to make some uh, to make sure you your life produces good fruit. All right, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. And remember, we're all going to be called to produce good fruit. Bye bye now.